This is the Happen to Your Career Podcast, episode 166. It's just easy to get caught in the corporate trap where you start to get some expenses. You know, I, I was making good money, so, you know, I, I, I um, started getting some nice things. But I realized that I was really more of an entrepreneur when I wanted to go out and hire some employees so that I could grow uh, my business within their business. Hey, HTYCers. If you've been struggling to figure out work that fits you, then join our eight-day free mini course. All you have to do is text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470 or simply visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. See you there. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. This is Scott Anthony Barlow, and you are listening to Happen to Your Career. This is the show that helps you figure out what work fits you by exploring other stories. We get to bring on experts like David Nihill, who helps people leverage the power of humor and storytelling, or people that have really amazing stories like Doc Kennedy, who pushed past fear and made the leap to pursue his dream of filmmaking. These are people that are just like you. They've gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing. And they're people that are just like our next guest, Ace Chapman. And this is a really, really interesting episode, interesting conversation because uh, Ace and I talk about how having a mentor that has been down the route, you're thinking of going and getting feedback specifically from that mentor are possibly the greatest assets when brainstorming your business ideas. And how the best way to leverage skills is by building connections with business owners that have weaknesses where you are strong. And we'll t- show you what you mean, what we mean by that. And he also talks quite a bit about how you can learn to use the hidden resources that are available to you to learn more about the types of businesses that are, are currently for sale. Because that's what Ace has a tremendous expertise in. Uh, being able to not just build a business from the ground up, but even buy a business if you're not interested in that building stage. So we we spend some time talking about what that is, because why? Well, because buying a business could be a better choice for some, and especially if you're looking to replace your income instead of starting from scratch. So totally depends on your situation. But we had Asan to be able to help you decide, and and then how you can even evaluate businesses and decide whether or not. It might be worth your investment. Ace, by the way, he's I'll tell you a little bit about him. He's a he's a born entrepreneur. At the age of five, this guy was selling school pictures to make back the twenty dollars it cost him to take them. And by the age of nineteen, he bought his first business. And by the age of twenty one, he'd made his first million. So, college dropout. This guy has eye for opportunity. Ace Chapman. He can he can be found calling in buying and selling businesses this this was his motivation to continue enjoying his life and having the luxury of freedom to do what he wanted that that's why he invested in in this business of buying businesses if you will so the past 16 years ace has purchased over 40 businesses and discovered unique strategies to finance businesses and continues to help other people leverage 
those same strategies. Well, so we'll actually talk about because these are these are not right for everybody. But that's really why I wanted to have him on is help people understand what it is right for, and they might be right for you. So here's our here's our guide to buying and and selling businesses with Ace Chapman. Hey, welcome back to Happen to Your Career, and I am so very excited to have our guest on today because this is a, well, I would say probably a deviation from the standard story that we have on the show, and I really love it, partially because I've gotten so many questions about the type of business and the way that uh, that our next guest helps people out, and I'll tell you more about that. Actually, he'll tell you more about that in in just a few seconds here. But I really want to give a, I don't know, warm isn't a, warm is not a good enough, ecstatic welcome to Ace Chapman. How you doing? Welcome to the Happen to Your Career. It is great to be here with you, Scott. I'm excited to jump in and, and talk a little bit about what we've been up to and some of the opportunities that exist with acquiring businesses instead of starting from scratch. Very cool. And that's exactly what we want to talk into. I want to dive deep into that. And I have so many questions for you, Ace, and probably way more than we have time for today. But what I would love to really learn a little bit more about first is what took you to where you're at now. Because that's one of the things our our listeners, H2ICers, just absolutely love finding out is what what took you down this path in the in the first place. And then trust me, we're gonna get deep into into acquiring business, purchase a business, and and what that even looks like, what that can look like for people. So wh- where did this yeah. all start for you? Well, I wish I could say that I I had some kind of premonition or this just came up as as something that I saw as an opportunity in the market. But uh, the truth is, I was a a freshman and was in school at Colgate University up in upstate New York. And I was a a, a business nerd, even from a young age, even though I was a poli-sci major. And I was using this software called Cool Wall Street that was a stock market simulator back in 99 when that was a kind of new and novel thing. And the only headache was the site was always crashing. You know, you can never get in touch with the owners. And so I decided to reach out to them after using it for a year. It was now my sophomore year and say, hey, I've got a summer coming up. I'd love to come and intern for you guys. You know, thinking in my head, obviously you're underhanded and need some help. So I'll come in and do it for free. And it, of course, took them a long time, just like it always did, to yeah. respond. And they basically said, we have moved on to another project. We don't want this business anymore. If you know anybody that would like to buy it, let us know because we just want to get rid of it. And more out of curiosity than thinking that I could buy it. I was a broke college kid. I was curious what they were making and what it was selling for. And all of this was really a new thing for me. And so uh, I never thought about the idea of buying a business. And so they shot me over the numbers. I told them, hey, who knows? Maybe I'll know somebody. It was making 60000 They were willing to sell it for 70000 And I had no idea how to do valuations, but I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to Colgate, and I knew there were people paying full price there. And, you know, there was a $30,000 a year college back then, 
And I knew people that were graduating after four years, paying 120 grand and realizing that they were going to end up in a job where they were going to make 20, 30,000 in some cases. Other people exactly. were bartending just to, to pay those bills back. And so with that simple uh, kind of comparable, <laughs> I realized, hey, this is probably a good deal at 70000 if I can, can make 60000 And so I, I started trying to figure out how in the world can I buy this thing? I, I want this thing for myself. I saw the potential. And uh, I, the only downside was I looked at my bank account and I had about $2,900 <laughs> that I saved up from uh, doing a little, a little bit of work the summer before. And so I had to figure out how to get from 2,900 to 70,000. And uh, the first thing I did was go back to them and say, hey, you know, y'all aren't really paying attention to this thing. You know, you've moved on to another project. Eventually it's gonna die. Why don't you finance at least half of this for me? And then, you know, I, I'll go ahead and start working on it now. And then I'll figure out how to get you this other 30,000 in the next uh, uh, 30 days. And so next I went to a buddy of mine after they agreed to that, he was willing to invest 15,000. And then after that, I, I uh, unbeknownst to my parents, took out some credit cards to pay for the rest. And, you know, people ask me, man, you were 19, you took on this risk. Were you nervous about the business not working or taking it over and, and not making money? And the funny thing was my, my biggest memory was my, my greatest fear was one of those credit card statements getting sent to my parents' house <laughs> instead of to the dorm. So like every month I was calling the credit cards, like, be sure you send it to this address, not my home address, you know? So that was, that was my biggest stress at that point. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. You know what I absolutely love about that is you identified, hey, this is something that I actually want to do. And instead instead of going down the road of, oh my goodness, it doesn't look like it's possible. It's $70,000. You know, I, I can't go get a college loan like the rest of the world might do for to go to college or something along those lines. <laughs> you said, hey, how could I make this happen? And then started running down the path of different possibilities. And I'm curious, what... How, how old did you say you are? Like 19 at the time or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, I was 19 when I acquired it, yeah. Okay, so why do you think that you did that and said, hey, how could I make this happen versus what most of the rest of the world would do in that case, which is write it off as a possibility? I, I had the good fortune of trying some things when I was younger and uh, my parents in, in, you know, not necessarily discouraging, um, uh, but, you know, allowing me to do crazy stuff. I mean, it goes back to when I was five years old and my mom gave me $20 to pay for my pictures uh, at school. And when you're five, $20 is like an amazing amount oh. of money. I mean, you could buy like infinite candy. It's just like, <laughs> I can eat candy for the rest of my life off of this. And we're going to get some pictures for it. So I get the pictures back and we are at church and my mom is handing out the pictures. And so I walk up to her and I ask her, how much are we charging for the pictures? we got to make sure that we at least get back the $20 that, that we spent. And, you know, my mom cracks up telling the stories. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, well, nobody's going to pay for your pictures. 
And I just couldn't believe that she was handing out the pictures for free. And so I, I literally just start crying. I'm like, we got to get this $20 back. That's too much money. So she relented and gave me the pictures. Like, all right, if you can sell them, go ahead. So my first little business was selling pictures of myself for like 50 cents and, and the big ones for a dollar. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not as cute as I was when I was five. So I've had to come up with some other ways to, to make ends meet since then. But to kind of answer your, your question, just yeah. ever since then, it, it's been this thing that's been, I want to to see how I can pull something off, you know? And, and so in, in high school, I had little businesses here and there. And uh, it, it, it was, I was, I remember sitting in my dorm room and we got the transaction done. And the very next day, uh, I had money deposited into my account and it didn't even hit me. You know, it was like, man, where'd this money come from? And I realized that it was from this business. And and from that moment on, it was really a transition uh, mentally for me that the way we think about income, income generation and all that, um, that it, it could be this this whole new way. You don't have to create income just like we buy houses, just like we buy cars, you can go and just buy the income you need. So that totally makes sense in terms of how at 19, you have a different different type of response because you've already had a lot of those experiences and already got to, I'm going to say, play a little bit uh, on your own and be able to try and make things happen, if you will. So I'm curious what happened after that? After you're 19, you've now got this business, you figured out a way to finance it, uh, and you've received your first your first dollars in the bank from it, and that totally changed you. What happened from there? Well, the exciting part was that I became a millionaire for the first time, and my net worth uh, in that business was a, a little reached to the seven figures. And then the really um exciting part was when i lost it all so <laughs> we grew that business uh from 10,000 to 250,000 users uh we had offers from ameritrade um and some of the old school brokers that that were around back in that time and uh we we were generating a, a ton of leads and then 2001 came you know, I'm 21. We've turned down seven figure offers. I'm thinking this is it. I'm completely done. And the dot com crash happens. Dun, dun, dun. And, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, our the people that we generated money from just their their money dried up. And uh, the business model didn't work as well with the advertising. I had investors. They wanted to just I, I felt like we could have written it out, but the investors basically wanted to just write it off. And so, um, you know, I walked away from that business with just a lot of knowledge. You know, I had an MBA. I didn't feel like it at that point. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, this is the worst ever. Uh, but the, the knowledge that I had gained was, was really tremendous and I still had to lick my wounds. I worked at a bank for about a year and there saw the opportunity that existed with mortgages. And, uh, I'm, I'm really 
fortunate that I didn't get caught because, you know, it's just easy to get caught in the corporate trap where you start to get some expenses. You know, I, I was making good money. So, you know, I, I, I um, started getting some nice things. But I realized that I was really more of an entrepreneur when I wanted to go out and hire some employees so that I could grow uh, my business within their business. So I really, at that point, I just wanted an assistant. So yeah. I was doing a ton of mor mortgages. I knew if I brought somebody on that I could do even more. And so I went to uh, my hire up and said, hey, I want to bring on somebody and have them help me. And uh, he's like, well, you know, you you hadn't been here long enough for that. And I was like, well, I don't want you to pay for it. I'll take care of it or whatever. He's like, no, it's not about that. It's about seniority. And you have to be here for a certain amount of time and that kind of thing. And other people be upset. It's like, what? Like, what? Like, <laughs> it's not going to cost you anything. What are you talking about? And, you know, I was also twitched. I was 21 still at this point and, you know, a little bit of a rebel and, and young and dumb. And so one day I was walking by uh, a building a couple blocks over for from uh, where the, the bank and I saw this release sign <laughs> and came up with the uh, ingenious idea that I could just rent my own office a couple blocks away, hire my own assistant and they'd be none the wiser. And uh, that actually was awesome for a, a, a little while. And then I hired another person and, you know, we we're just killing it. You know, people walk by my desk like, where's the how are you getting all this stuff done? Like, where's your paperwork? Um, and so that was a, a fun experience until, of course, one day the boss calls me in and he's like, hey, who is this person? We just had somebody call here looking for a Marie and, I, and the, the gig was up. So <laughs> I, I learned <laughs> I learned that I was not really built for uh, corporate America. I, I like to kind of be able to do my own thing. And so uh, the experience with Cool Wall Street was what led me back to buying a mortgage company. So, you know, after I left there, I realized like, hey, like I don't I can go and do the same thing with that I did with Cool Wall Street. I wonder if there's a mortgage business that would want to sell. And so that was when it started to click that I could because uh, up until that point, I really saw myself as just an entrepreneur. I happened to buy that business, but I didn't see buying businesses as a, a real opportunity. So I bought the mortgage company, then ended up buying some tanning salons. And, and then uh, my life really changed when I met a, a mentor who uh, flipped hospitals. And uh, he really started to solidify a lot of the strategies that I use today to buy and sell businesses. Interesting. So I want to I want to pause for one note and just say you might be an entrepreneur if you are trying to trying to hire your own employees on your own dime <laughs> in order to make things either more productive or faster or whatever else. I ironically, maybe not so ironically, I uh, had the same experience when I worked for co corporate America and ended up hiring virtual assistants so that I could spend more time on other places that I wanted to. So yeah. who, who knew that was a thing? Hey, I just want to cut in here and tell you that we've been good. So many questions from our listeners about how to actually use your strengths to get hired, how to career change with them that we put together the ultimate guide to using your strengths to get hired. And I want you to be able to take advantage of it because 
in this guide, we actually go through and talk about how strengths operate differently than what you think they do and why they can be one of the keys to doing work that you love and how you can actually do that. Plus, we talk about four specific ways to get started immediately, identify what we call your signature strengths, and then even how to represent those strengths in the interview process. And and, and we go into how, how to answer some of the most common questions that you would get to. So if you want all that and a whole bunch more, there's a lot packed into this uh, into this guide. We can send it over right away. All you have to do is text my strengths, that's strengths plural, my strengths, no space, plural, to 44222. We'll ask you for what your email address and where you want us to send it, and then we'll pop it right over. That's it. That's all you have to do. My strengths. Go ahead and text that to 44222. At what point did you really start then? Was it with that mentor as as you began to meet and interact with uh, with them? Or what point did you really start to flip the switch in your head and say, hey, this is this whole buying and selling businesses thing is actually something that I'm interested in. Yeah. So, and that I think is the most important, that, that, that's the most important part of my life was even while I was doing these deals, I, so I, I kind of flipped the switch and realized, all right, I've got this income problem. I know I can go and buy uh, a business and pay myself. And uh, that was was great. But I still felt like if I want to do something big, if I want, you know, the real thing is being an entrepreneur. The real goal for me was, oh, I'm going to buy these businesses. I'll save up some money. And then one day I'm going to start a business because that's what you're really supposed to do. Um, not because of anything specific, just because every book out there, you know, everything we hear is all about starting from scratch. Every blog, every book, every TV show, like all these things are starting about uh, starting businesses. And so that was just, you know, my dream was, um, uh, by default, that was what I was supposed to do. And so I got, had a couple business, had some, uh, sold those, had some cash, and I remember going and meeting with my um, my mentor and he was just a no nonsense guy. Like the very first time we met, I walked in and uh, or, or not the first time we met. I, I met him at an event and, and some people had told me, man, you need to meet this guy. I don't know what he does, but I feel like y'all should just talk. And so that's when I found <laughs> out he flipped hospitals. And so the first meeting I go down. And, you know, I'm like, hey, great. Like, I get to talk to this guy. I'm really excited. And I walk in and he was like, what, what you, where's your stuff? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you don't have any financials. Like, where's your personal financial statement? The financials of your business? Like, what, what, where is everything? And I was like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to bring anything. He's like, so what? You thought we we're just going to chit chat? Like, that's what you want to do is just go up here and chat? <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I got to, so... Uh, he was just a no nonsense guy. And I remember uh, I, I had some cash and I wanted to start a business and I had this amazing idea. I was so excited about that. Quite honestly, it must not have been that amazing because I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> but I am kind of pitching him and telling him to get his thoughts and feedback on it. And, you know, I'm, I'm passionately telling about this business. I can look at his face and he's just not moved. And so I'm like, man, he just doesn't get it. Let me explain it more clearly. Like, this is the opportunity and, and here's how we're going to make money and all this stuff. And so I get done 
And he's like, starts to talk about my laptop. He's like, where'd you get that laptop? And it was a Dell. So I'm like, I, I ordered it from Dell, but that has nothing to do with what, like, you're just not going to say anything about my, my, my idea. <laughs> and so, you know, like I got it from, from Dell. And he's like, really, why'd you decide to, to buy it? And I was like, I, I needed a computer. He's like, but why didn't you just build it? And, you know, I was like, I don't know how to build a computer. It's like, you can go online and easily learn how to build a computer. I'm like, I know, but I don't have the parts and the tools. He's like, you, you can go online and buy all of that. He's like, the reason you didn't build a computer was because you didn't want to build a computer. What you wanted was a, you wanted to be able to get online. You wanted to be able to talk to your friends on email, you know, use Facebook. You, you wanted to be able to use Word docs. Your goal wasn't to become an expert at building a computer. And that was the a big transition point. His point was when it comes to businesses it, or, or income, you know, I told him I had some certain goals for my income and wealth and all that. And it's like, you told me these were your goals. So if that's your goal, why take all of these different routes? Just do the straight line to that goal. And he's the one that first kind of transitioned my thinking um, as far as buying income, because he he, he kind of used that example of everywhere in, in life, you know, the average person isn't going to build a house. You have a very, very small percentage. And most of them, after they do it once, are like, oh, that was a nightmare. I would never do that again. The average person isn't going to build a car from scratch. You know, you got a very small select group of people, but 98% of people are never going to even attempt to do that because what they want is a place to live. What they want is transportation. So they want to go out. They're going to figure out where to get the money so that they can do that. Not just if they don't have the money, they're not thinking, okay, well, let me just go start buying plywood over a long period of time. Business is the only place that when we want income replacement, we think, oh, I got to learn how to become a Facebook expert, webinar expert, Meerkat, Snapchat, <laughs> Instagram. I got to learn how to do marketing on do email. It it's just I got to learn all of this crap so that one day I can make income. So l let me pause on that for just a second, because that introduces, I think, a very interesting concept in the first place, which is so many so many people but also especially you know our our listeners htycers you mentioned the goal and the goal for a lot of a lot of the folks that are listening right now is to be able to earn income in a way that they get to do something that is enjoyable for them also allows them to make the money to live the the type of lifestyle that they want and be able to use what they're great at to be able to do it too. You know, their, their strengths, what we'll often call signature strengths. And, um, a lot of people associate that with starting a business, but I don't really uh, think to your point, I don't really think that that is the solution for everybody. And yeah, so I'm, I'm one, I, I already know a little bit about what you think on this. Cause he just told us, but I'm curious, how do you differentiate between 
between what is really good, starting a business or buying a business, or in some cases, some people shouldn't be in business at all. Like they want the (laughs) flexibility and freedom and maybe they'd be better off from a remote work situation that has a lot of flexibility with a particular company that allows them to earn $150,000 a year or something. Uh, So how do you, how do you kind of think about that and differentiate between those, those three options? Yeah. So one of the things that um, I'm very big on is connecting the right person with the right deal. And I think there, on one level, it's just a talent thing. And so there, I think we want to be able to use what we're good at in the, in whatever we do. And for some people, they just, the people that should be starting a business are really the people that just have a vision. It's not about the money. Uh, You know, one of the things that I talked about with my mentor is like, hey, once you've reached your income goals, then and you have a vision for something and you just want to go and build it. Elon Musk can do whatever startup he wants to because he's earned that right. Um, When you get into trying to 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 build a business from scratch, um, you're really becoming a venture capitalist. And um, most people don't really view themselves the the way that the reality uh, and statistics show us uh, the the game that they're getting into. And and so anytime you try to play the kind of entrepreneurial lottery, just the odds are going to be against you. Now, if you have a vision for where you're trying to go and or something that doesn't exist in the world. And you're just like, Hey, this is my passion. Then the money doesn't really matter. So even if the odds are against you, as far as the income, you could build something and have that exist. And regardless of if it makes money, that's going to be okay. But whenever we, we get into the startup game, you have to under, be willing and you have to understand that you're playing the venture capital uh, game and you're playing it with your time and your money. Um, and venture capitalists realize that a great majority of these deals are going to 100% bomb and fail. And we know that one or two of them are going to work. The only downside for the individual playing that game is we, we, we got to invest our time, which is, you know, to me, our most valuable asset. And it's so finite that if you have to try something over the years, time after time, after time, um, you know, that's time away from your family. That's that's uh, finances that could be going to your family. Uh, so that becomes a lot bigger risk. In the middle, the people that are looking for a business to to buy, uh, I think a lot of people are better off buying because they're going to to have a lot more success just going from zero income to income replacement. Mm-hmm. You know that it, it's it's you know that then they can get into starting something, but once they're just to get to hey, I need to make one hundred fifty thousand a year to replace my income. The easiest thing is just to go and buy it, just like the easiest thing is buying a house instead of building it. And where you start to leverage your skills and and your passions and ability is connecting with a business and a business owner. It doesn't even have to be in a, in a, a specific niche. Uh, it could just be that that business owner is weak where you are strong. So, for example, we had a lady who was a, a marketing consultant 
who was, you know, really great at her job. She came to us desperate because she had been uh, on maternity leave with her new baby and um, it was coming up to an end. She got an extended. She only had about three more months and she traveled a lot for her job and she couldn't imagine being away from her new baby. And so she called us desperate to replace her income so that she could quit. And it was, you know, big income. Uh, they, they, the family needed it. And we found a deal that uh, was a, a really great business. It was owned by a couple of programmers. They had built something that was so great in a, in a certain industry that the industry had spread the word around, but they had never spent any money on advertising. So she gets on the phone, we get off, and she calls me. She's like, oh my goodness, that was absolutely terrible. There's no way I can do that deal. Everything those guys said that it takes to run this business was all about about programming. And I had to tell her that that's exactly why we want this deal because they've done everything. They've done 99.9% of everything that can be done with programming. And so now they're just focused on the point one because they don't know anything else. This thing has never been marketed. It's your opportunity to come in and bring that to the business. And, and sure enough, you know, the business was netting uh, a 200, about, no, about 150,000. It was $300,000 business. Uh, since she bought it, she's grown it to a, a $1.4 million business. And uh, that that that's when it's not just uh, like, oh, I enjoy uh, doing this part of the business. It's this is where you're going to have a big impact. And normally the person who's great at marketing loves to do a deal with the other person, this, the seller that's great at marketing. The person that's really into numbers sits down with the seller that's really into numbers and they love it. Same thing with operations or technology. We want to do deals with people that are like us. And the more you can do deals with the people that are the opposite of you is when you're going to get that explosive growth. Well, that seems like that's where the diamonds are to some degree. Because yeah. <laughs> For what I understood you to say, where you can come in and add your own, your own strengths, your own element, the things that uh, that you're great at, and it hasn't had, you know, that particular business has not had the benefit of that. Then, uh -huh. I mean that that completely makes sense to me. Absolutely love that. So, I, I took away a couple of different things there. One is <laughs> where some of those diamonds can be, and then two. Um, really like what you said about, um, the concept of purchasing, well, I'm going to, I'm going to just call it the concept of, 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 purchasing things that you don't actually want to either know about or do or learn about or spend time on or whatever, whatever else. Cause ultimately you're going to spend time or you're going to spend money in some capacity. And this is just a translation mm -hmm. of that in buying a, buying a business or buying any other good. And you could almost think about, you could probably even think about a, a job in the same way to some degree, like you're purchasing, mm. you're purchasing, like when you purchase a business, you're actually purchasing um, the opportunity cost in time of having to go out and do this stuff on your own and spend the years either growing a business or, you know, in this case, somebody else doing that. And then, mm -hmm. so I, I don't know that I've thought about that in that way before for across yeah. all three of those sectors, but I really, really, really like that. So let me, let me shift gears on you just a little bit then. And let's say that I determine that, okay, I'm not the person that has the vision. I've got 
some areas that I'm interested in. And I do really actually want to own a, own a business. And that is the right thing for me. And, you know, maybe I, I should not be in, uh, I don't know, corporate America or working with another team or what, whatever it happens to be. So what are, what are some of the first things that I should consider at that point? Yeah. One of the first things I would start to do is just look at businesses that are for sale. So there's a site uh, called Biz, B-I-Z, B-U-Y, sell, bizbysell.com. And they will list sites I mean, in, in like internet businesses. They'll list um, um, offline deals. And it's not about looking necessarily even in your area. It's just starting to learn about different types of businesses that are for sale. So I've been buying a, a lot of internet-based sites lately. And regardless of if I'm interested in a deal or not, I'm going to look at every deal. Uh, and the main reason is because I learn a little something from a lot of these businesses. You know, it's, it's funny, but I think one of the uh, hidden places that there is just a tremendous amount of knowledge is in the prospectuses of businesses for sale. So you can go get these prospectuses, read about these successful businesses. And these are the people, even if you are somebody who's listening to this, you're like, this is a terrible idea. I only want to start businesses. That's my passion. And that's what I want to do. You should still look at businesses for sale because those are the people that have made it through that entrepreneurial gauntlet. So we know that most businesses are going to fail the first couple years and then five years later, more are going to fail and all that stuff. So these are the people that have made it through all of that and they have a successful income producing asset that they have built. And so it becomes really valuable for the person starting a business as well as the business buyer to learn from all of these entrepreneurs and download that knowledge uh, because once you get into a business, regardless if you do anything with them, you're going to be able to apply some of the tactics and strategies and, and things that they've done. Um, and then for, for the potential business buyers, they're learning what, what are the prices for e-commerce businesses in the fashion industry? You know, at, at what size do you need three employees versus 10? And, you know, do I want something that's going to take uh 20 hours a week as opposed to 40, you know, maybe I should be buying an affiliate business. And, and so you start to learn all these things in addition to those strategies. So that would be the very first, uh, very, very first step. Perfect. And for people that don't know what, what, how would you define a prospectus? Um, so a prospectus talks about the business. It's meant to get you excited to buy the business. So there are a few different sections. The first is almost like a business plan, but it's based on what's the past. It's, you know, kind of more factual than the future. There may be some projections in there, but it's broken up. There's usually an intro that tells a little bit about the history of the business and uh, kind of how it started, where it is today. 
There's a, a summary of some of the income and how the business model works and, and employees and, and all that good stuff. And then there's the financials that usually will go back at least three years. Uh, but sometimes they'll go back a little bit longer uh, and then they'll talk a little bit about the marketing strategy that generate those finances. And then they'll go into the projections and, and the future. Um, and so combined with that and, and being able to look at the business, its website, its strategies, if it's offline, you know, love going into businesses for sale. And it's kind of this underground thing. You know, this is the one place that when something is for sale, None of us have gone into a business and seen a big sign up that says, hey, if you want to buy this business, talk to the owner, <laughs> um, you know, we're wanting to sell. So when it comes to, to getting this information, it, it's kind of this underground uh, source that, that most people don't pay attention to. So that's really interesting. And I am. I'm going to even tweak the question that I asked earlier and let's make it really, really specific because I just realized uh, and I didn't even think about this until, until just, uh, just a couple of minutes ago, before we hit the record button, you and I were talking about how, uh, we were both in Seattle in about the last week and a half or so I was there, uh, I was there over the weekend, Friday and over the weekend because, um, probably also not so coincidentally, my, my sister was starting a, starting a business. She just launched a tap house and beer garden. So now she's going to go through the, the entrepreneurial gauntlet as you call it. But, uh -huh. um, the thing that, that I just thought of was while I was there, my mom asked me about a running shoe business uh, that she was interested in buying. So let's make this really, really personal here and, say, and let's say, okay, so now you've, now you've and be careful here because <laughs> I want you to take care of my mom, Ace. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what would you advise? My mom is in your hands. <laughs> yeah. So let's say that, uh, you know, she's serious about this. And I think she is serious about at a minimum checking it out because she absolutely okay. loves running. This is something she's passionate around. She loves interacting with other people that are really interested in running. And she loves talking about the, you know, this is something that, um, could be potentially a area of interest at a minimum. No idea about the business health or anything else along those lines. But what would you advise somebody in this type of situation? Because I get this type of question all the time too, where it's like, hey, I'm checking out this one business and I think it could be right for me in these particular cases, but I'm really just at the beginning stages. So what, what, yeah. what should she do, Ace? What should she do? And I'll probably. So first of all, where did the deal come from? How did she find out about the business being for sale? She knows the owner. She knows the owner. Oh, okay. Great. That's, that's great. Yeah. So this is, you know, it's a, it's a, she lives in Spokane, Washington. This is a community that she's very, very involved in, I guess you could say. So, uh, she knows the owner is getting ready to retire and she's just had offhanded conversations and he's, uh, said that he's interested in you know, selling this here in the near future. So that's, that's how the that's conversation cool. started. So um, that w just a quick side note on that. One of my first recommendations for everybody is to get businesses uh, for that uh, you can work directly with the owner. Typically, and and you know, as you look at biz by sale, keep in mind what I said a second ago. The average business owner does not want to publicly advertise that their business is for sale. Yeah. So these are the worst of the worst that are, that you're going to find that are just advertising themselves for sale. 
still some really great deals in there, but you got to find those diamonds when you're doing it that way. The very best situation is where you are working with uh, somebody where a friend of a friend told you about it being for sale and that kind of thing. So that's a a great first step. Kudos to your mom. Ace Chapman check. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second thing is you, you want to try to get a sense of if they're being realistic about the price or unrealistic. Um, if they're being realistic, you know, offline businesses typically sell between two and three times earnings. It can be tough to get into those those conversations. So, uh, you know, at the beginning, you want to really go at the seller's pace, but you're trying to get a couple of things out of them. What's their net per per year? What are they pulling out of the business? And what do they expect to make? And you want that number to be at a two to three multiple. So if the business is making one hundred and fifty thousand a year, um, you want it to be ideally a three hundred thousand dollar price plus inventory. So like this will be a running shoe. So there'll be some inventory. Uh, in there, you wouldn't pay for fixtures and furniture or anything like that, but you'll pay, you know, something for the inventory and you want it to be no more. It becomes a bad deal if it get the closer it gets to 450 or above 450, uh, then the deal uh, probably isn't a good deal. So you want it to be between two and three times that uh, net cash flow multiple. The and then on a on a surface level, when I'm I'm looking at the deal, they're just some basic things. You know, I want to know how long has it been around? How long has the business been profitable? What's the turnover of the employees? Because I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the headache that, that are involved. Yeah. How much time is the current owner putting into the business? Uh, and then one of the things that I really love, I do it in every business that I sell because as you know. Uh, having owned a franchise, Scott, there is value to having systems and operating procedures. Oh, yeah. And if they have that, that really increases the value of the business because it tells me that they've consciously thought about the different aspects of the business. But what impresses me and what I try to do whenever I'm selling a business, I like to sit across from that buyer and I want to just ask them, what are your biggest concerns in this business? And when they say, I'm really concerned that the manager is going to leave because, you know, I need them. They know I have a lot of knowledge. I, I don't want to have to work as much as they're working, blah, blah, blah. And you can take them in the SOP and say, OK, great. When for that, you're going to come over to E for employees, go to the manager and you'll see here. Here's a step by step. If a manager quits, here's where how you're going to hire next one. Here's where you're going to put the ad. Here's what you're going to say in the ad. Here's what you're going to look for in the resumes that come in. Here's the questions that you're going to ask in the interview. Here are the people that you're going to pick. During the meantime, while you're doing that, here are the two employees that will take over that position. And and so, you know, you go to marketing and same thing. Here are the things we tried. Here's what's worked. Here's what didn't. Here's what we put do here. So the more that he has things systemized, that's going to make it very attractive to me. And if not, I want to, in due diligence, uh, kind of force a lot of that knowledge out of him and force him to help you create that SOP before you get in there and, and start trying to run the business. Mm, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Hey, that is, that is super, super helpful on 
uh, probably a lot of different levels. One, people can get into your head and, and understand how that works. Um, two, I'll probably just send that over to my mom. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you making the time to come on and talk to us. And at the same time, you know, just the just sharing this type of knowledge, because like I said at the beginning, we get these types of questions on a regular basis. And yeah, this is this is the answers to a whole bunch of them hey, where for those people that have determined that they are very interested in buying a business or just want to want to be able to know where they can find out more about you and your business. How can they get in touch with you? Uh, the If they're looking at offline businesses, I would check out acechapman.com. If they're looking at internet businesses, you can check out uh, websitemogul.com. And uh, yeah, man, you have to keep me posted on this deal with, with your mom. I, I'd <laughs> love to, to see something happen there. If she wants to chat on the phone, I'm, I'm happy to jump on a call and walk through anything with her. That's That's exciting. Very, very cool. Hey, I, I really do appreciate you making the time and taking the time. And thank you. Thank you. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed that. This was a ton of fun, really, really interesting. Uh, not something I've delved tons and tons into before and wanted to give you some unique perspective. So if you absolutely love that, let me know. Drop uh, drop me an email and let me know what, uh, what you liked about it. Or I would say if you're interested in understanding whether or not uh, a business at all is right for you, then don't hesitate to, don't hesitate to ask us for help. You can email myself, anybody on the team would be thrilled to pieces to, to figure out, help you figure out what it is that is right for you and your career and whether or not this fits in at all. And then, you know, we can always connect you to ACE as well. And here's what I would, I would love to do though, is give you an idea of what we've got coming up next week on the happened to your career podcast. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun one. It's a, we got a special guest next week too, and I won't tell you a ton, but, uh, we get to answer some of the most common questions that pop up again and again and again. So here we go. Take a listen. The essence of it tied to what I strive for as a person, which was basically helping upcoming emerging leaders unleash their full potential by giving them the right opportunities, by giving them, by grooming them, by giving them the right mentorship and guidance to become better leaders for the organization. All right, all that and more on Happy to Your Career next week. If you haven't already, hit subscribe because then you can get this episode, have it drop right into your right into your phone in your sleep, makes it nice and automatic. I also appreciate those folks that have been leaving us reviews. We have five stars from John. John, good stuff. Scott is a great interviewer and the content is spot on. Really, really appreciate that, John. Thanks for taking the time. And thank you all of you for taking the time and making the time. I really very much appreciate it. And you are the reason why we do this. We're going to keep doing this specifically for you. And if you need anything at all, 
don't hesitate to drop us a line. We'd love to be able to help out with your career in any way that we possibly can. All right, we'll see y'all next week on Happen to Your Career. I'm out. Adios.